0: Hello and welcome to the second series of Help, I'm in my 20s, a podcast dedicated to career development, stories and inspiration, hosted by me, Georgie Hobart-Smith. Today's guest is Verity Pemberton, Creative Director at Rose Inc. Verity and I have known each other for quite a few years playing sport together and I knew she had some great stories but in this episode I learned so much more. Not only has she had an incredible and varied career from styling for Florence and the Machine art director at Mario Testino and Burberry Beauty and now creative director at Rose Inc but also she independently curates and publishes her own magazine called Moon. It's a great listen and such a fun conversation which I hope you'll take lots away from. So let's get started. Hi Verity and welcome to Help. I'm in my 20s. How are you?
1: I'm good thanks. I've just realised There might be quite
0: a lot of banging. I've just realised there's builders here. so That's fine. I feel like on so many podcasts they're like, I'm really sorry about the lawn mowing or like the (laughs) building. It's just part of life. We're all used to it working from home now anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it would be really great just to start if you could give a brief introduction to who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are now.
1: Um, Yeah, so my name's Verity. I am creative director for Rose Inc. which is basically just to explain what that is as well because it's quite a new brand. Mm. So it was um, an editorial platform launched by um, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley that kind of explored uh, her interest in beauty and sort of collaborated with different makeup artists and different kind of um, people within the kind of fashion world and kind of opened it up into this kind of community space and she did that for two years and it kind of built like quite a big cult following mm. um because it really goes goes into like the nuances of makeup and skincare and what the ingredients are and like kind of deep dives into all these kind of different facets of the beauty industry um and Rosie's like extremely knowledgeable about what she wants to achieve in a makeup product and things like that so yeah. that's sort of Rosie can it launched like three months ago so oh, it's wow. all very new and like mm. in the UK it's sold in sort of space and K um, mm. and places like that so that's where I'm at now yeah <laughs> and it's kind of weird because I'm sort of in this beauty niche that I didn't realize I'd be in
0: mm. and then and you're creative um, director there right
1: yeah. yeah and then before that I was at Burberry Beauty before that I'm Mario Testino and then before that I was actually doing a different job still in fashion but as a
0: women's wear designer oh yeah so that was because that's what you did at university wasn't it so you studied design
1: yeah I studied women's wear design at uni i had actually always wanted to do knitwear and then I tried to knit on a knitting machine and I was like I am not patient enough (laughs) It kept dropping off and I was like I can't do this (laughs) um so I changed to fashion which I kind of never thought I'd do Mm. did that um, but alongside it I was like interning with some stylists so I used to assist Aldine Johnson who's France machine stylist oh wow and then um, also this woman called Hannah Boyer who used to be like editor of Tang. so I was kind of doing that on the slide so <laughs> I think that's where kind of the art direction styling thing ended up kind of filtering into what I do now mm. um, but yeah my degree is in women's work
0: and were you always sort of interested in fashion and all of that oh, yeah. of the world as well
1: yeah yeah yeah. from like the age of 12 like I would be at the local news agents. like the day that Vogue would come out and like (laughs) like, covered in Vogue I weirdly would memorize the name of like models and agencies they were from I don't know why I could memorize (laughs) like a whole issue of Vogue I knew like who everyone was Um, and like there's so many editorials that I could really remember because they feel like really it really like stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. I also told the editor of Vogue that I wanted her job when I was like 14. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was like, yeah, and she was like, oh lovely or something like that, <laughs> really like brappy, like 14 year old being like, I want to a job. <laughs> um, yeah, although I don't think I want to be the editor of Vogue anymore, but um, mm-hmm. at the time, that's what I wanted.
0: I mean, that's pretty ambitious for a 14 year old. I think you had like your vision. And then of course, outside of your sort of nine to five or in American time, I don't really know the hours, but probably like until yeah. midnight or something crazy. Um, but you also run your own independent magazine as well.
1: Yeah, so Moon Magazine is like my tiny child. That sounds maybe a bit creepy, <laughs> um, but it's something I started, well, I actually did a fanzine when I was at college. So it was like proper proper fanzine, like printed at my local art shop, very lo-fi. I just did shoots with my friends. It was only black and white. Oh, wow. Do like weird, tiny interviews. And then I think I gave it, I think it was free. Mm. I think, can't remember. Or maybe I sold it for like two pounds 50. I'm not really sure. And then I used to give it out at um, a fashion show. So my brother's friends had a brand called Ili Kishimoto. Okay. And they let me give it out in the front row. So I ended up sort oh. of going into quite like powerful hands. Mm. But it was very, very basic. And then, um, then when I was at Urban Outfitters, I just wasn't as creatively fulfilled as I thought I'd be doing a creative job. Yeah. Um, and then I kept doing shoots with this woman called Vanessa Jackman, who is quite like a popular street style and um, photographer. And um, doing all these shoots with her and they're actually quite good. And then I was like, "What? why am I doing these? Like, where are they going? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I had a conversation with my brother and my boyfriend and they were both like, you need to do a magazine, like a proper magazine. Um, like you need to change it. so my old fanzine was called don't know yet and they were like you need a new name da, da, da. anyway decided to do a proper magazine kind of found a printer mm. lucky for me my boyfriend is like an amazing designer so he sort of I don't think he knew what he was signing up for when he designed the first one they're <laughs> on issue nine and they're like so much bigger now yeah
0: um
1: but yeah and then kind of started doing that and that was so good because I just met so many people doing it and it kind of really satiated that my appetite for like doing other things other than my job
0: yeah so you said issue nine so how long have you been doing it for
1: nine <laughs> years or something
0: wow okay and
1: yeah. then it
0: started out like a few pages I think I was reading an article where you gave an interview and it was kind of you started out with a few pages so there was a few bit more interviews and now it's much more editorial
1: yeah it like started out like loads of shoots and a couple of interviews and now it's like the people I'm able to access an interview and the shoots from doing other jobs I'm pushing the shoots more like it kind of expect more or like I have bigger mm-hmm. ideas which is good and bad um but yeah it's definitely built out into this bigger beast it's definitely not making me my millions like don't start a <laughs> magazine unless you want to just like I don't know throw cash out the window because it's <laughs> expensive. But at the same time, it's like definitely helped me get half the jobs I've got just because it's given me a bit of an edge. Um, That's great.
0: Something to talk about outside of work as well.
1: Yeah. And also it just meant that I've been able to collaborate with people who really interest me that may, might not fit into the aesthetic of where I'm working, but mm. some like people I still want to like collaborate with.
0: So what's your vision for the magazine? Where do you want it to be and what do you want it to represent? It's really
1: tricky because it's like, as my jobs have got more and more intense it's like it's harder to do it's so much work like it's you know i'm working really hard every single day for my job and then evenings and weekends So i don't really get like any time out mm. um so i'm thinking i might be having a break this year of doing one issue okay. um, and trying to push the last issue nine and then really go for it with issue 10 mm.
0: um
1: I don't know I just want more people to know about it to be honest like I'd love anyone who's an intern who wants to do marketing for me (laughs) that would be great because I'm like the worst kind of marketer just sort of make it and then expect people to know about it which isn't Mm. the case
0: well where Um, can people get it now they're listening and they're kind of interested
1: yeah so they can get it at um, the website which is moonmagazine.eu or they can go on antennae books for my distributor who distribute it globally Um, there's also it's sold in a ton of different countries I've got a stock list page on the website as well if you live in a different country Um, but yeah I kind of want to just grow the stock stock base for it I want to get more people knowing about it Mm. maybe do like a cute dinner (laughs) and I'd like to do a book eventually of like like a really proper big tome with a publishing house that's my aim.
0: Wow that would be great yeah definitely I mean I wear my moon magazine bright pink t-shirt all the time so I always tell Yay. people I'm like I know the person who created this independent incredible magazine so I'm trying to spread the word but you probably yeah. might want someone who actually knows what they're doing marketing <laughs> I don't
1: I, 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 I quite want to make some more merch I quite enjoy making like physical objects so yeah it's quite that's fun. something else I'm gonna do
0: mm, exactly not enough <laughs> time yeah So which skills do you think you took from your sort of day-to-day job brought into the magazine? Um,
1: I think from doing the magazine, I'm insanely organised in a really haphazard way. Like I I work a bit like a Ferrari, which I think is good and bad, like very fast. I like like smashing through things. Mm. Sometimes I think I probably need to think about things or be a bit more calm. Um, Apparently I seem calm though to people, which I always find really funny. So I'm like,
0: inside I'm not calm. Yeah, I've always felt like you were quite calm yeah just had everything Um, under control (laughs) yeah
1: I definitely like being probably like open definitely over controlling Mm -hmm. but um I think yeah organizing it's like reaching out to people and kind of discovering new talent um Mm -hmm. and kind of building out how a shoot works and how to get the best out of like creating a shoot and also my interviewing skills because you know Mm -hmm. when I started I hadn't really you don't really like learn interviewing you learn interviewing by Mm -hmm. doing it so um feel like before yeah sometimes yeah I just feel like my interview skills have really developed since doing it and they're so much better now than they were before but I still think that's I really enjoy kind of like making that skill stronger and even writing interviews it's like very long-winded and it's, it's like having homework like it doesn't roll off my tongue I really have to like kind of meld it into what I want it to be but that's quite satisfying. I don't find it like naturally really easy, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel really happy with that, mm. you know, the way that piece reads and
0: stuff like that. That sounds really fulfilling. Maybe I'll have to get some interview tips from you. Maybe you, no, you'll probably look at me and say, oh, what's she doing?
1: <laughs> the funniest thing is, I guess everyone's got such different characters. So it's like responding and tweaking how you speak to someone. Mm.
0: Um, and have you followed yeah. some of their careers? So some of the people from your earlier issues, have you then? seen where they've gone and been almost yeah part, been of, like, part of it
1: totally I feel like I've been so lucky because I've like I've interviewed a couple of people who are like a lot older who just I admire so much like Lucinda Chambers I interviewed her at her house who used to be the fashion editor of Vogue I interviewed this woman called Mary Randolph Carter in America who's like I don't know her exact title, she's worked at Ralph Lauren for ages, but she was absolutely incredible. Like, oh my gosh, so inspiring. And then I've interviewed other people like Sofia Pantera who started the fashion brand Aries. And I interviewed her right, right, right at the beginning and just like watching how big that brand has come. And same with Molly Goddard, like, I think it was, she was still at CSM maybe. And then Celeste the singer I did for issue eight.
0: Great. Was that before she kind of became this huge star?
1: Yeah, exactly, and I love and like even some artists and stuff. Like, yeah, I feel like I've been. I always feel just like oh, and I got some other people to model for the issue, and then literally they they're like a family, but they've modeled for so many other magazines now. But I'm like, I got that first, (laughs) Um, so (laughs) that's that's quite exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then, so I'm not really very familiar with I guess the fashion industry or kind of the creative world. Um, so what do you actually do as a creative director?
1: Um, it's more, it's it's all about kind of keeping the creative integrity of the brand and making sure any visual asset sort of, um, you know, looks, looks like it's owned by that brand. Like the more you kind of have repetition or like, uh, sort of symbols or imagery that are kind of repeated or a color tone, like people can instantly recognize a brand by an image without even Mm -hmm. like a logo on it. That's like what you kind of want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, just kind of, making sure visually everything looks really good. Like the models are choosing they're on brand, like the aesthetic, just the way everything's put together. And that's from like every single facet. So like a shoot, a video, um, a physical experience, um, like a party. Um, yeah, kind of like everything, like packaging, you know, all those kind of things that represent a brand in an aesthetic visual way, you need to like have eyes on them otherwise can all go to pieces basically.
0: So if you're on a shoot and you suddenly think something is completely different from the brand, you don't think you should be using it. Do you have that veto power to say, not that, try this?
1: Yeah, so I'd normally on a shoot, I would have done like a whole creative deck before. Oh, okay. It'll be like, this is the lighting. These are pose ideas. This is the styling. This is how I want the hair. This is the makeup looks like. It's all planned to a tease that so when you're on set, yeah. Sometimes you, I definitely have experimented with stuff and I'm always that person that like wants to try, but I'm like, if it doesn't work, I don't push it. Cause so I'm like, we don't only have a certain amount of time. But um, yeah, I'm definitely that personal set who can kind of kill something or stop an idea happening. But essentially that shouldn't happen because normally it's like sort of planned out how I want it to look anyway. Hmm. Um, but then I follow it after as well with like post-production. So on editing and like, you know, if we have to do a grade or like anything like that, I still make sure process is followed from kind of beginning to mm. end of like the look
0: so it's actually a huge amount of planning to go into the tiny details
1: yeah mine is more like just plan hard so that on the day which is always hectic if you're shooting whether it's stills or video you are so clear and everyone else has been briefed that everyone's like really clear on the kind of end goal whereas if you don't do that or well, you're not quite strong like if you're not a weak character but you know everyone who's creative is quite strong. You just need to kind of have that respect and be like I know what I'm doing yeah um that you can kind of direct everyone and it just sort of works they like an orchestra <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I think that makes sense and then have you ever had I guess maybe with lots of different personalities you might get some conflicts how have you overcome them
1: oh yeah definitely
0: oh, there's always like fun strong interesting characters and in fashion <laughs> I feel
1: like I've been pretty lucky though and I normally only kind of work with people who are one very talented but two are just great humans because you know that brings out the best in everyone um and also just being quite positive like sometimes you know if you've got models who are quite young you just want to make sure they're like really settled and like they're comfortable um yeah just a few awkward things before and it's sort of that thing of like just kind of making sure someone understands your opinion and kind of what you need but also where they're coming from you know sometimes you'll get someone who's like really new working for a brand and they're just panicking and they they're sort of trying to like force something to happen um but just because they're probably a bit insecure about like they're just starting and they kind of need to make their mark so i think it's always just being quite polite and kind of working things out but i've never had anything too terrible i've had a few couple of like very annoying things happen with the magazine with some photographers and Mm. things like that um which haven't been fun but at the same time they've also taught me you know what to change moving forward or like what to make sure is really clear before doing a shoot mm-hmm. um, things like that so they've definitely been stressful but you know you learn from the stresses.
0: Yeah and then how do you relax after kind of those stressful moments?
1: Um, I'm terrible at relaxing I don't relax at all it's like unless I'm at a spa or I'm on holiday I'm like <laughs> It's one of my pet things that's like, oh, I need to change because I'm such a like uh, doer or like list maker Mm -hmm. that like, if I haven't achieved like two big things in a day, I will literally be like quite stressed out. The only thing that makes me really relaxed is like doing sport and stuff as Mm -hmm. well. But I think, yeah, I really wanna change that and be like able to just, I don't know, relax or like not do nothing like actually I sound like an old woman I really like gardening because I really like daydream Mm -hmm. um but I'm still doing something Mm -hmm. um but I kind of find that's quite a nice escapist kind of thing or going on like massive walks but I always have to do something to make myself relax if that makes sense like meditation love to be able to do it tried a tiny bit but I don't think it's for me
0: yeah I I mean I love doing like yoga meditation, but I actually find driving. I get some of my best ideas driving because you're sort of concentrating oh, really? on the road, but you can think about other things at the same time. So I, oh, I wish get some I was ideas from that
1: good at driving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you just want a Ferrari, don't you? <laughs> so you yeah.
1: So I'm sitting next to the driver in. <laughs> yeah, self-driving Ferrari. There we go
0: there you go hey that's the future probably yeah. well maybe not I'm not sure <laughs> so that's good and then you I when we kind of I, I asked you to fill in a form before <laughs> this session so talking through kind of what you've done and it sounds like you were exceptional uh, when you were at sort of college and art school I mean you won the Mulberry Accessories Award what is that?
1: Oh, I just decided basically, I think I finished my fashion collection at Winchester and then um, I had, my mum's an antique textile designer. So we just had loads of extra fabric and Mm. I think I just decided I was gonna make bags like really last minute. So I just made all these like mad bags um, and then ended up winning that award, which was kind of super, super cool, but really unexpected because they Mm. were like more of a last minute addition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Must've been some great fabrics and ideas then.
1: Yeah, like I used a lot of vintage fabric in my collection and like vintage chandelier pieces and stuff. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was quite a stressful year.
0: (laughs) And what's the Peter Jensen fashion direction award? I think you said. Oh yeah,
1: I think I just won that in my year for like my collection, I think.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I got sponsored by Swarovski, which was cool. And tried to use it in like a tomboyish way, Um, but yeah. I think that they just liked my collection from my year. So I think that's why I won it.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And then, so from art college you then went, you said you um, did and styled um, some of the costumes for Florence and the Machine. How did you find yeah. that? Did you actually have to go down to the shows and all that kind of thing as well?
1: Yeah, so basically from assisting Aldine, who was Florence's stylist anyway, who still mm. is Florence's stylist, she's amazing. Wow. Um, She I think she came to my fashion show and then she was like, I was always assisting on the videos. So I assisted on uh, the rabbit heart one. And I've got some amazing pictures from that set somewhere. I don't know where they are. (laughs) Um, So I was helping like source vintage dresses and dressing and things. And then suddenly Florence was doing, I can't remember what came first. She was doing Bestival and Aldine was like, can you make an outfit? So I just did these like quite like looking back, like very, not very good fashion drawings of ideas. And there's this one idea in there which is my least favorite and really complicated to make, and that's the one that Florence chose. <laughs> so, I had, so I designed it and then I made it, and I was on holiday in Wales because there was like a deadline, so I was just like sewing, mm. it was so stressful. And I think I actually managed to make it like really well if I look back because it had like <laughs> if you Google like Florence Machine Festival and it's space outfit it's like green with gold in it it looks like a big V actually for verity but obviously <laughs> it like and it's got like pointed shoulders and then she's wearing um and then i'm yeah i made a hat out of it a hat as mm. part of the costume this is quite a good story i'm not a milliner but basically um in the sketch i made she had like a gold hat mm. well i made the gold hat This gold hat she wore at Bestival is a plastic bowl from a pound shop (laughs) covered in like glitter fabric. Wow. (laughs) And I think the pictures, it looks actually pretty good. Like you wouldn't know it was a bowl, but I couldn't believe that she actually wore it because if you look at it in the inside, it was a plastic bowl. Um, So that's quite a highlight. And then she borrowed one of my collection suits. Wow. um, Where, and then I made some costumes in, I can't remember the video. The dog days are over, I think. There's two women who are painted blue and they've got gold dresses. Um, so I made those gold dresses, and then all the ribbons in her waistcoat I sewed on. Um, but yeah, I did that while I was interning at Mulberry because I'd won this, the internship. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of mad, but really fun, and really cool of Aldine to kind of like give me that opportunity mm-hmm. as well.
0: Definitely. How did you come up with the ideas? Did you today to have quite create well? for me, like quite creative ideas. I, it's rare I get one <laughs> to have to do lots of different designs. Is that a practice thing or is it I, natural?
1: I think it's quite natural.
0: I think I looked at a lot of vintage space
1: research and stuff for it. because obviously there's amazing like space costumes. So mm. it's quite an easy one to start with, but I've always have a lot of ideas anyway. Mm. I always try and do my ideas and very much like if I speak to someone about doing something I will try and make it into reality. I'm not one of, I don't really like have an idea and then it doesn't happen. But Mm -hmm. sometimes I do have tons of ideas I wanna do and I'm like, there's not enough time.
0: Yeah. Like
1: (laughs) in life, um, which can be annoying, but it's Mm. fine, relaxing.
0: Yeah. Do you then use that same approach when it comes to changing jobs? If you're kind of get that first thought that you want to change, do you just go ahead and do it rather than sitting on it?
1: It's really interesting. No, actually, you know what? I had, when I was at Urban Outfitters, I don't mind talking about now because um, it's quite Mm -hmm. a while ago, Um, but I literally hated it. The last, I was there for five years and the last two years I hated it. I like wasn't enjoying it. I was not enjoying like the fabrics I was kind of working with. Mm -hmm. Um, I found the buyers quite difficult as they weren't sort of open to kind of changing things or doing new designs. Yeah and yeah I really hated it and I kind of applied for a lot of design jobs and you know one thing that's really crap is um if you do women's wear design when you apply for a job you almost have to do like these mad projects oh. um for each company once you get past the first weather mm-hmm. stage and like the guitar take ages mm-hmm. and they're also like um they're really time consuming so it's loads of pressure and um yeah so anyway I went for loads of jobs kind of would always get to that stage to do this massive ass project. And then I sort of never get the job and it made me feel really crap. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I just wasn't enjoying it, but I love design. Um, And the design world's weird because if you work in a kind of high street environment, it's really hard once you're in there to go into luxury. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. But um, it got to the point where I was like, oh, this, I just can't do this anymore. So I quit and was like, I'm gonna go freelance. Then they hired me as a consultant to like keep doing trend boards. And Bunket then-
0: Urban Outfitters.
1: Yeah. And then, well, after I'd left, um, I thought I was just gonna go freelance and do styling, to be honest, because mm. I was really enjoying that. And then um, this job came up for Mario Testino for like fashion art director. And I was like, that's such a niche job. I'd always wanted to be an art director, but there's a, another side of an art director sometimes where you have to be way more into the graphic side of things and like right. fonts and stuff. Mm. Um, so anyway, applied. And then because I had my magazine and I'd done all these like catwalk reports at Urban, that was like exactly what they wanted and I ended up getting the job. And it was really weird because it was like, I'd been trying to get a job for two years, hadn't got one, had quit. And then in the space of two months, had got a job that I never imagined I'd get anyway. So it kind of all felt like it was meant to happen, but those two years were so frustrating.
0: Oh, I bet. And it's especially when you're putting so much time and effort into applications that it amounts to nothing. It's, yeah. It's, it's quite hard. It, you have to be very resilient and even then well it's, it's like so <laughs> yeah
1: it's like it's weird now because like now i do like art direction creative direction obviously all the work is in the shoots that you do but when you have to put together a portfolio it's so much quicker mm. um, which is nice yeah um but yeah and then when i moved on from mario it just was like the right time it all like conceded mm. perfectly and then at burberry i actually got headhunted for this role so i was actually still really enjoying burberry so it was a bit weird to leave but then i feel like it, it was the right decision like yeah it kind of happened at the right time and it was such a unique opportunity I was like I just need
0: to do this mm. so it must be very different going from such an established brand into essentially a startup
1: yeah no totally I mean it's a startup with like math like legs because
0: mm.
1: the company behind it you know they're kind of so amazing at what they do and it's quite a beast mm. um but it's totally different yeah but I kind of love that. The thing that I always makes me want to move on a bit, or something like I'm obsessed with learning, or like learning mm. new skills, or like kind of throwing myself into some weird situations where I'm like, this is quite intimidating. Because mm. I think if you don't do that, you can get really like stagnated, and you just the more skills you learn, the more kind of valuable you are to other yeah. people. Like that's what I kind of think.
0: Definitely, and I mean, I think learning something makes things more interesting as well. If you feel like you know everything, what what else are you doing kind of every day?
1: Yeah, and I think like, everyone looks at all universities where you learn and then you go and do your job. And I'm like, every job I've been in is like another chapter of university where I've learned like what not to do or like how to do something with an amazing budget or like, you know, you've been given access to all these skills. Um, I think it's always important to kind of like milk that if you can, you know, (laughs) your company's offering you like, I don't know, a free course on editing software yeah, you might not be an editing pro by the end, but like try it. Like yeah. I always just think that's that's a good thing to do if you if you can.
0: Definitely. Well, you're obviously very en- enthusiastic as well. So yeah. you, you must bring that into your role and people must really appreciate it and vibe of that as well. So we met doing uh, playing lacrosse in London and you were always so enthusiastic, so kind of ready to run essentially, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, but do you think that kind of outside of your work I mean to me it feels like you have quite a similar approach inside of work outside of work do you think that you do as well
1: yeah I think basically for me like obviously a job is a job I'm not like ecstatic at my computer every day but I'm lucky enough to work in a field that I love and like Mm. if you're I think if you're creative or whatever job you do if you've got like a passion about it like I will be thinking about ideas like all the time or like wanting to try something or Mm. yeah I do I am quite enthusiastic because I really do kind of love the essence of what I do. I love being able to collaborate with other people. That's my absolute mm-hmm. favorite. Like when I'm on set and I've had an idea that I'm really excited about, like that's the, the kind of peak, peak me you're gonna get basically. <laughs> um, and making sure like, I think it's the other thing like, making sure like teams and people you work with are happy. It's really hard or it's really easy to fall into a kind of moany trap I think sometimes mm-hmm. and people not realize how that affects everyone around them. Um, obviously there's definitely times times you need to have a little moan Mm. but I think try and always kind of think about the positive or you know if someone's moaning kind of let them I don't know let them see the other side of things or Mm. see what you can do to help
0: yeah I think that makes sense positivity definitely rubs off on other people and same for negativity as well
1: yeah
0: so do you directly manage people or is it more you managing the teams that you're working with
1: um, so it's a bit strange at the moment because the the London contingent is just me. Um, yeah. So contingent. everyone's in LA and stuff. So yeah. it's quite like a flat line at the moment where everyone sort of has their individual jobs and we all kind of collaborate, but we're looking to grow.
0: That's exciting. So do you have a, I guess your workspace is your home at the moment then, if it's just you? Yeah.
1: And my home's currently about to start being a building site, so it's all going to get kind of interesting. Oh but, yeah it's at home at the moment but I might move to a separate studio space for a couple of months just Mm. to speak to another human and get out of um
0: yeah otherwise you basically have your own lockdown (laughs) on your own (laughs) yeah and I'm
1: so someone who's so much better with people like
0: Mm. I'm
1: very much I'm from a really big family so I'm not I'm not very good on my own I wish I was I think it's quite a good skill but I'm quite rubbish
0: well you've mentioned your family and they sound quite creative as well do you think that had like a massive influence on you growing up
1: yeah I think so like my mom's a textile designer my dad's a retired graphic designer Mm. um my brother's a musician or composer and then one sister's an artist one has her own brand and the other one is a filmmaker so we're kind of all (laughs) very creative yeah um and kind of yeah kind of like rub off on each other or like we always ask each other for advice or like yeah it's quite nice because everyone kind of gets the world a little bit I mean they definitely don't get exactly what I do sometimes but um mm. yeah it is really nice and kind of my mum's always been so chill like she's not a pushy mum at all and that's kind of pushed me more to be like so many of us I'm always like hey I'm doing well hey check this out you know <laughs> it's like, Oh, lovely <laughs>
0: yeah I'm one of five as well and it's sometimes you just want to be like hey look I did this <laughs>
1: yeah totally um but yeah it's quite fun
0: yeah it was brilliant uh, and then going back to your magazine how have you found independent publishing
1: um yeah I mean it's expensive <laughs> I i kind of tried before to get advertisers sometimes and it hasn't really worked and then sometimes i'm like do i want an advertiser i don't want them to kind of direct what i'm doing um but yeah it's a really tricky one i think if i had more time to spend on the magazine um and it was more like the main thing i was doing i would definitely like you know approach some brands and advertisements and kind of push it more just so i could get a bit of money towards shoots and things um, I love the fact it's independent now because I kind of didn't realize when I was younger that, you know, when you read a Vogue or a magazine, there's so many hidden adverts in there or hidden agendas or mm. they've got things for free or things like that. And you never you really don't realize that. Like now I do. But um, that's why I like the my magazine literally is very purist in the fact that like it's just literally just people I want to share or who I'm interested in. The shoots are like clothes that I like or, you know, smaller brands like we don't have to shoot anything. I can write an article and make it like 12 pages long if I wanted to. I mean, people might to <laughs> read it, but I'm like, I don't have any limits. Um, so that's really nice because I just feel like I can, the freedom to do what I want, I think is quite a, a luxury.
0: Definitely. So you've spoken about so many good things kind of in your career and I've got four questions I end every episode with. So we'll start the positive again. So there's many, many things that you've described that have been amazing, but is there one thing that would be the best that of your career so far?
1: Ooh, God, I really don't know. I think always talking to my boyfriend about how much I wanted to be an art director Mm. and then actually getting the job at Burberry with the title, like art director. And I was like, Oh my God, I've done it. (laughs) That was kind of mega. But then on a really basic thing, just like having a moon launch. I don't know. I don't feel like there's I feel like it's all some sort of like weird journey of, Mm. crazy but like having a moon launch with like loads of my friends there is always really nice Mm. um oh I one that was pretty good is um I directed an advert at Burberry and that was pretty cool because they could have bought in a director but I just like had this really strong idea I like being a bit bossy I had this whole kind of team of men like amazing talented like DOP and stuff but I like ran that and I did all the edit and everything and that was you know, I can do that to quite a high level there, so that was a really something I really enjoyed and kind of made me feel like I'd like to do more directing. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> like that's a bit of a waffly answer, but that's my answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if you've got many things you can't pin it down, then I mean, yeah. that's just such a testament to that you're in the right space. Yeah, Very nice. Okay, so conversely, then, and it'll be interesting if this is hard easier for you to do. Um, what has been the hardest thing in your career? I
1: think the hardest thing was my like two years of trying to find a job mm. and kind of losing the love of what I was doing quite a lot um so that's just quite depressing and kind of working in an environment where people were a bit moany and it kind of really brought me down so that's my not my natural uh, outlook um so I found that really difficult but yeah at the same time uh I guess it's made me appreciate more when I've been somewhere and I'm like oh my god I'm really happy or this is really good or maybe it's not perfect but um I don't feel like that Anymore, you know? Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, that totally sucks, but uh, it can't all be like super great all the time. And maybe mm. you need that for the contrast.
0: Yeah, I think so. And then, so what are your plans for the future? I mean, you haven't been at Raising that long, I guess, in a few months, and your magazine, you said issue nine is kind of upcoming.
1: Yeah, so issue nine is out. I'd like to get a bit more like marketing on it. Mm. I don't know how to do that but I'm gonna do it. Um I want to do an event I think maybe with my friend who's like an artist with mm. we've kind of been loosely talking about it so that will be good. Um yeah I'm kind of due to do some shoots for Rose Ink soon so I'm really excited to kind of actually make my proper mark on like what I can bring to it and help everything it grow hopefully travel meet more of the team in LA. Mm. Um, and start thinking about moon issue 10 which is quite overwhelming <laughs> That's a decade. Um, wow yeah um there's just too many different life things going on at the moment as well so I'm just like feel quite overwhelmed but um
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and I'd quite like to like I don't know I don't want to say in case it never happens me and my boyfriend have got quite a few ideas because we collaborate mm-hmm. quite, we have quite a similar aesthetic so we want we've got an idea kind of brewing
0: okay
1: which we want to do but I don't know when we'll do it
0: exciting well maybe if I get to like series 10 I can ask you again (laughs) yeah I'll be like
1: I'm a millionaire and I've started this company (laughs) in
0: my dreams that'd be great I mean that's a good long term aim maybe (laughs) yeah and then if someone wanted to uh maybe let's say someone is in art school at the moment doing many different courses and they wanted to get into a similar path maybe that you've taken in the art um direction or designing or styling what advice would you give to them
1: I would say uh, find someone do some find the people you find really inspiring and email them message them whatever don't dm them dming is bad it's like <laughs> email them be proper or like try and meet them or something for a coffee you know you can say oh I really admire your work See if you can shadow them or if they could be your mentor a bit if you have any questions to kind of ask because I think that's really helpful and people will feel quite like, um, I don't know, I think it's quite a special thing to be sort of asked to be someone's mentor. So I think that's a great shout. Um, and then my other thing is like, if you've got ideas, do them. Um, if you want to be a stylist, don't sort of, yeah, you can definitely assist and things like that. You're going to learn so much, but also try and do your own thing. Even if it's super low budget and like, I don't know you're just mucking around with your friends or whatever you'll start kind of learning and developing an aesthetic um same for any other kind of creative thing just like do it and it doesn't have to be perfect you know everything you see is like quite perfect looking now mm. people got a lot of budget and things like that but sometimes the best ideas come from having no budgets like you know there's some amazing films that were made with like not much money like uh bottle rocket by wes anderson obviously that's Quite a big budget still but like if you've got a talent or something it kind of shines through
0: mm. whatever you
1: do regardless of how much has
0: been spent. Well I guess one example would be the plastic bowl Florence and the machine wore on stage at festival. Exactly <laughs> I mean I don't know <laughs> but, but you can buy your own and make your own so yeah exactly. everyone can have that hat at home. very accessible. <laughs> oh that's brilliant. Verity, thank you so much for being on Help I in My Twenties. I've definitely learned more about what you do. <laughs> and I hope that lots of people really enjoy your stories because I really have as well. Yeah. So thank you so much.
1: Um, thanks for listening, everyone. And sorry for the drilling. And oh, the and, a fa-
0: <laughs> and a final thing. Go to moonmagazine.eu. <laughs> go and yeah. check out the magazine.
1: And get a copy. It is good to read. It's nice. And it's not looking at a screen. So there you go. Always
0: good always good (laughs) thanks how great was that conversation thank you so much verity pemberton for being part of help i'm in my 20s i'm your host georgie hobart smith and thank you so much for listening you can follow me on instagram at help i'm in my 20s and don't forget to tell your friends thank you so much and see you next time